Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly O'Horo, and this is Adaptable Behavior Explained. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to talk about attachment styles. And the reason why that's so important is because it affects literally every relationship that we ever have and how we move through the world in uh, our connection, our perception of safety, the way that we are vulnerable or the way that we are defensive or defend or avoid our connections uh, and how much we are willing to trust relationships in the world. And so we're going to talk a little bit about each of the four attachment styles and what some of those uh, behaviors and traits might look like and ways to address that if you want to grow into a more uh, healthy, secure attachment. So that's what we're going to be kicking off today. So John Bowlby and Mary Ainsworth later did a whole bunch of research on attachment, and they they basically determined there's four attachment styles. And attachment basically explores patterns of uh, relationships between individuals, and it focuses on the bonds uh, formed between children and their primary caregivers in the earliest years. Attachment styles are patterns of behavior and expectations that people develop in close relationships based on the care that they received or lack thereof during those infancy years and early childhood. So the first attachment style that we all want is secure attachment. And this this is described by someone who's generally had caregivers who were responsive who were consistent, they were emotionally available. So for example, if a child's hurt and they needed care, at the time of the event, there was an attuned caregiver. They were there with empathy. They were there with, uh, they consoled, they were validating. And so as a result, the person feels comfortable both with emotional um, connection and intimacy and independence. They can tolerate disconnection. Traits that someone with secure attachment tends to exude or exhibit are that they have trust in others, that they have positive expectations about relationships. So they kind of see the glasses half full. They have a more natural, generous assumption that the uh, behaviors of others are not necessarily personal and they have more tolerance around disconnection. They can form long-term bonds and healthier connection. And they can oftentimes regulate their emotions effectively and are, are tend to be, they tend to be more self-confident. Um, they might be distressed, like children with secure attachment might be dis- distressed with separation from their caregivers, uh, but they warmly welcome back the, the caregiver when uh, they have eye contact or a hug when the parent or caregiver returns. So the next kind of attachment style is that of anxious or preoccupied attachment. So people with an anxious, preoccupied attachment style often had caregivers who were inconsistently available or inconsistently responsive. So as a result, they might worry about the reliability of someone being there for them. Uh, And that shows up in partnerships. So an example of this might be a parent that was gone for work a lot, or when they were home, they were preoccupied with other tasks, or they were on their computer or their phone all the time. And when the child needed them, they couldn't always be relied upon. And sometimes they, they, were 
supported and validated and given attunement, but then sometimes they weren't. And so it was quite inconsistent. This can also happen in large family systems where the demand on the caregivers is so great because there are so many children. And so it creates traits or behaviors in a person where they might seek constant reassurance. Uh, they, they fear rejection more readily. They personalize behavior. You know, if if you don't answer a text or a phone call right away, they're um, overly dependent on the partner to make sure everything is okay. And they might be really uh, taking things personally if their partner isn't there all the time. So they're insecurely attached to the safety of the relationship. They're also quite sensitive to the changes in relationships and have dif- difficulty trusting that their needs are going to be met consistently. So a child that exhibits a more anxious attachment style might be frightened by separation, but then they continue to display anxious behavior once the caregiver returns. So that quelling of the symptomology of anxiety isn't calmed by the parent returning because again, it's not necessarily trusting, the child's not trusting that just because they're there, they're going to be paid attention to. They can't really count on it. So some statements that you might hear from someone with a more anxious attachment style might sound like they need constant reassurance that they're not that you're not going to leave them. They might ask often, do you really love me? How do I know that you won't change your mind? Uh, I feel like I'm not important to you when you don't respond quickly or that I don't matter. I worry what you're going to think of me if I do this or that. When you don't text or call, I start thinking that something's wrong or I start dress rehearsing tragedy and and really going down the train to the wrong country that that things are not okay and I can't trust that I can count on you. I feel like I have to prove myself worthy of your love and acceptance. Otherwise, you won't want me. Uh, I might be afraid of being abandoned or rejected or I might feel like I need to be perfect for you to love me and that my worth is conditional. And so I'm not sure if I can trust that you'll always be there for me. The statements that I just shared with you exhibit an underlying anxiety and insecurity. People with anxious attachment might experience um, this distrust in the safety of relationships, and then they can they seek constant validation and reassurance to alleviate their fears of abandonment or rejection. And this can become kind of exhausting for someone in the relationship to have to provide constant reassurance for them. And so that's something that is important for individuals with anxious attachment to communicate openly about their needs so that their partners can provide support and that their partners understand what's going on inside of them to help for and foster a more secure and trusting relationship. One way to address this is through seeking therapy, and it can uh, help one to have more insight and gain awareness about this uh, anxious response when in relationship and that feeling of fear of abandonment and rejection. And uh, people with anxious attachment tendencies can develop healthier relationship patterns when they have insight, when they have a little bit more uh, space between the stimulus of being uh, or of perceiving disability connection and they can heal and grow into a more secure attachment style. The next kind of attachment style that we're going to discuss is a dismissive or a more avoidant attachment style. So people who have had this 
attachment style tend to have had caregivers who were emotionally distant or unavailable. So they just weren't there. This is often something that happens when one or both parents are, are absent for large chunks of time, whether it was ecologically for work or whether there was just neglect or an absence based on circumstance. But people with an avoidant or dismissive attachment style, uh, consequently develop strategies of self-reliance, over-independence, and oftentimes emotional suppression. So these are people that value independence, may avoid close emotional connection. They might be really readily available to others, but don't allow themselves to lean on or trust that others will be there for them. They might be uncomfortable with emotional intimacy and tend to downplay the importance of relationships. And they might be really extremely autonomous or independent, which is really a trauma response. Uh, they also might have trouble dif or difficulty expressing their emotions, and that makes it harder for people to connect with them. And so a child who reacts fairly calmly to the absence of a caregiver or a parent in, in the separation and then doesn't embrace them upon return likely has a more avoidant attachment style. So for these people, emotional intimacy and closeness in relationships is hard to come by, and they don't necessarily even understand why it's important. They don't automatically subscribe to the fact that we are, in fact, attachment beings who thrive in interdependence. And we do better when we can be in a tribe or in connection with others. And someone with a dismissive attachment style doesn't necessarily believe that, nor do they want to necessarily give up their autonomy or independence because that would be risky. So some statements that someone with an avoidant attachment style might make or behave they, they value their independence. They need their personal space. I don't feel like feeling tied down or obligated. I like things the way I like them. I prefer to deal with problems in my own way. I don't need any help. They'll oftentimes resist the help of others trying to be there for them if they are um, going through something difficult. That is if you even know they are going through something difficult because oftentimes they won't share that they are going through a hard time. So they really oftentimes keep to themselves. They have a hard time trusting others. And so they keep their distance. They won't lean on others. They might say things like emotions make me feel uncomfortable or I don't do vulnerability or I'd rather not get too emotional. I hate crying. I don't like crying. Um, you know, those are kinds of things with someone with a more avoidant attachment style might exhibit. They might proclaim that they're fine on their own. They don't need someone else to make them happy. They don't need to rely on others for their okayness. And not to say that we should rely on other people for our okayness, but we can, in interdependent healthy relationships, absolutely affect the happiness and wellness of, uh, of another person. And we, we can contribute to overall uh, calmness and in a nervous system if we allow ourselves to be in relationship and connection with others. Uh, these people might say, I'm not good at expressing my emotions or my feelings, so don't expect me to. Uh, this is just the way that I am. Uh, they might also try to say things like, I find it easier to focus on work or hobbies, and uh, I just don't do relationships. So they might be avoidant of social interactions or just proclaim being content by themselves. So people with avoidant attachment tend to be Again, prioritizing independence and self-sufficiency, they might avoid emotional vulnerability and then struggle again with forming deep emotional connections. So these are more surface relationships. 
It's important to note that people with avoidant attachment styles may still desire relationships, but they may approach them with a guarded or more reserved demeanor. And it might take quite some time for them to let their guard down and for you to be able to be close to them. Building trust in providing reassurance in a relationship can help individuals uh, with avoidant attachment style feel more secure and comfortable with emotional intimacy over time. I know that personally, I struggle with people with an avoidant attachment style because my unhealthier version of attachment style was more preoccupied and anxious. My parents were there for me, but then there would be bouts of time where they weren't emotionally available. And so it left me kind of in doubt. And so I have more of an anxious attachment style. And so when I am in relationship with someone with a more avoidant attachment style, I find myself more triggered in the disconnection because I can't trust it. And so when I think about what I need to do, I need to ask for reassurance. I need to communicate my needs. And hopefully in in the relationships where people are more avoidant, they recognize that I do need a little bit more reassurance. And even though it's scary for them to allow themselves to move closer to me, ultimately in order to earn a secure attachment bond, we both have to wiggle and give a little bit in that experience. And the, the last type of attachment style that I'm going to discuss is fearful or avoidant attachment, which is oftentimes referred to as disorganized attachment. People who've had caregivers who were inconsistent or abusive, it leads to conflicting emotions about relationships in general. Can I trust that people will be there? Can I trust that I can count on someone? Uh, The attachment style is referred to as disorganized because it combines elements of both attachment or of anxious attachment, as well as that a dismissive avoidant style. And so this is a more complex presentation because it's, it's, it's not so cut and dry for them to understand what they need and how to express what they need. And oftentimes they are either seeking and, and moving close, but then when they move close to someone and they feel that sense of vulnerability and connection, they might then start to get a little bit jumpy about it and start to withdraw and push away. And so it's confusing when we love someone with this more of a disorganized attachment style because we get the we get the connection that we crave, but then it gets taken away from us because their fear of the mistrust of that safety and connection gets kicked up and then they start to push away. So traits that someone with disorganized attachment might present is that they desire closeness, but that they fear that intimacy due to the past negative experiences that they've had. And so they might struggle with trusting others and forming stable relationships. And they end up in that push-pull dynamic. I want to be connected with you, but uh, I'm so afraid that I need to now push you away. And that's very confusing for someone who is trying to be in relationship with them. And it can be pretty exhausting when trying to navigate that space. Someone that has disorganized attachment as a, as a child might have odd or ambivalent behavior toward a caregiver upon return and then approaching them and then turning away or sometimes even hitting a caregiver when they come. And that is always the result of childhood trauma. And so when we see this, we want to get really curious about what happened to someone to make them so unstable in relationships. People with disorganized attachment often display contradictory or unpredictable behaviors in their relationships. Their statements might reflect a mixture of both anxious and avoidant tendencies, 
an overall sense of confusion in general uh, around fear of trusting a relationship. And so some things that uh, a disorganized attachment style person might say or act like is like, I want to be close to you, but I'm so scared of getting hurt. So I pull myself away. I don't know how to handle emotions in a relationship. It feels too overwhelming. So I might then avoid them. Uh, I want intimacy, but I also fear it. So it's a constant struggle in me. The internal struggle is so profound that I find myself in disarray when it comes to connection and relationship. I push people away when I need them the most. I feel like I'm never going to be good enough for anyone to fully love and to trust that they'll want me and they'll be there for me. I'm so hungry and crave connection, but I'm afraid of being vulnerable. So I then push it away. I'm afraid you'll leave me. So I try to create distance and I don't understand why I react this way. It's like I have these conflicting feelings and I don't know what to do about it. So it creates a lot of instability for someone who struggles with this type of attachment. I feel lost in relationships. I don't know where I am and where others begin. And I, I don't know how to navigate the overwhelm of the emotions that go along with connection and uh, the instability in my own nervous system. I want stability, but I'm afraid of getting too comfortable because what if it's pulled right out from under me? And so I struggle to trust that it would be there. So these statements reflect that internal conflict and confusion that individuals with disorganized attachment often have and they experience in relationships. And their symptoms of this are oftentimes, of course, greater for obvious reasons when they're struggling to try to establish connection in relationships. So their behavior might appear inconsistent and they struggle with forming and maintaining secure attention, uh, connections for obvious reasons. So we can seek therapy and work to develop awareness and resolve some of the trauma that created this push-pull dynamic in our nervous system in order to get to a place of more stability for uh, the growth of trust and the growth of connection and the ability to let somebody in when they have proven in small moments over time that they are in fact trustworthy to be there for me. And so when you think about your own attachment style, just get curious about what could have happened in your story to make that presenting issue part of your um, part of your relational overlay. Uh, if you would like to learn more about your attachment style, I highly recommend this awesome book, Attached. This is a great uh, kind of Bible to attachment, and you'll learn so much about yourself, kind of the why and and how things came to be for you in your nervous system related to the consistency or inconsistency of your primary caregivers, especially in those early years. And of course, if just reading about it doesn't seem to be slowing down your nervous system enough, I highly encourage you to reach out and find a therapist that can help you work through these attachment issues. Highly recommend EMDR therapy as it will help you to resolve unresolved um, encoded memories that helped lay the groundwork for how you trust in the world and how you naturally connect or don't allow yourself to. So thank you so much. I hope that this topic was helpful for you. Uh, just as a little side note, attachment styles aren't so black and white. They aren't rigid. They are a little bit flexible. People might show some of these uh, traits and, and behaviors 
in both categories. So it's not black and white, but we tend to have a more natural propensity to lean in based on our stories to, you know, one or the other of the anxious or the avoidant attachment styles. But understanding your own attachment style and that of others contributes to a much healthier relationship and much more fulfilling relationships. So thank you very much for listening today. I hope that you found it useful and don't forget to lead with love. It'll never steer you wrong.